0: This is the future, and humanity is all but extinct. First, they start skipping prescribed drug dosages. Then they begin touching. I volunteer as tribute. You can stop this. You can change things. I know that there's something more. Then we've only got one choice. We fight!
1: Fight the Future with Dan and Paul
0: Welcome to the last ever episode of Fight the Future with Dan and Paul I'm Dan And I'm Paul Yeah, so we're shutting it down Mm-hmm. The important thing is I'm not going to be forced to watch Allegiant Yes I love on the billboard for like the theater near me The name, it just says Divergent Allegiant. It's It seems like that's the complicated movie. It sounds like the first half of an SAT question. (laughs) Divergent is to Allegiant as... But this movie has not done well. I don't know if you've been following this, Paul. I have not. This is a good reason to stop the podcast, which is that the trend is dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say we, we hit... We hit it at the peak, uh, but uh, there, is, there was, I mean, part of the impetus for starting the series was there did seem to be this kind of, this huge push for the young adult dystopian things after the Hunger Games was so popular. It seemed like there was no end in sight for a while, back in mm-hmm. those heady days of 2015. I feel like it, there's, for some reason, movie studios get obsessed with this, like, all right, Hunger Games went, did well. So that means that people must want these young adult dystopia things or Harry Potter went well. That means kids want magical kids' movies. It's like, no, they want good movies. <laughs> yeah. The genre it's, doesn't isn't actually as important. <laughs> yeah, it's but. complicated. I mean, yeah. I'd hate to lose a company $100 million. So it must be a nerve-wracking job. Mm-hmm. So reading Box Office Profits... About the weekend of that, Allegiant came out. It says, "Divergent series Allegiant underperformed with just twenty-nine million dollars on the weekend, a forty-four percent drop from the opening w- weekend of Insurgent." Hmm. They call it th- the first really big nail in the coffin of the dystopian YA subgenre in film. Hmm. All right, but we should have seen this coming because the crash came in books much earlier. So here's Publishers Weekly from 2013, September 27th. Ding Dong Dystopia is Dead, is the name of the title. (laughs) Uh, One of the toughest sells in YA these days is anything that has, quote, even a whiff of dystopia about it. There are editors who you sense want to curl up and die when you mention it. So right now it's more like realistic, like John Green type YA novels. Mm that people are into so we actually may be seeing our source dry up which makes it another good place to stop just because there's so much there's so much more selection in the book area the books were pretty much universally much better than the movies that we did yeah so that's one of the things I thought we could do for this last episode Paul so in a normal episode we will talk about one particular dystopian world so we don't talk about criticizing a book or a movie we talk about the world itself we talk about the setting the plausibility scariness hope for the future and a segment called how would they do normally but Mm -hmm. this episode is going to be all about our podcast Mm -hmm. so it's a kind of a clip show it's kind of a victory lap for something that was not a victory (laughs) It's kind of a fan service for a very, very small fan base. Hey. It, <laughs> it's small but dedicated fan base. It's slightly bigger than the one of the Flight of the Concords in the show Flight of the Concords. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about some stuff related to the podcast, like the theme music, where it comes from. We're going to play some outtakes and funny bits that were not within the show itself. hmm We're going to talk about how would they do, which is my favorite segment and a lot of people's favorite. Read out some things. Yeah, explain what is said at the end of every episode. So it's going to be fun. All righty. But yeah, one thing we can talk about is what we really think. So what movie or book did you hate the most? Let it out. Give in to your anger, Paul. I mean, A Boy and His Dog was absolutely reprehensible and horrible as a movie. Um, but it did have some redeeming factors as sort of a historical artifact. Yeah, it was something. It was kind of cool in a lot of ways. Yeah, and just and knowing, you know, and, and especially when looking at other dystopias and or in other pieces of Fallout and uh, Mad Max and all that kind of stuff, it's neat to sort of see where a lot of, those kind of things came from um mm-hmm. but uh but it was hard to watch it was definitely hard to watch it's, it's certainly not something that i would have watched um without do, doing the podcast i don't think yeah we'll get into that later actually in a clip how i live now i was not a fan of Definitely. Yeah. that was a tough one i thought um, it was brilliant but yeah very hard to watch it, it sort of But it, it had that combination of where it was extremely unpleasant subject matter, you know, f- because of, you know, there's all the there's some, you know, the violence and the, the story is horrible and stuff. And the sort of, <laughs> I guess what was considered to be, you know, the sort of positive part of it was this sort of young adult love story that was also extremely uninteresting to me. Maybe if you were the target demographic for that particular love story, then that would kind of balance out the harsher elements of it a little bit. But uh, it just annoyed me more. (laughs) Right, the guy who had a falcon to he was sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Um, Insurgent is my most hated movie because Insurgent is just, there's nothing there. It's mm -hmm. like total contempt for the audience that they just, some running around and shooting guns and telling you you're special is enough to keep these stupid teens occupied. Mm. It was certainly a massive step down from Divergent, even though Divergent was also not that good. But yeah, at least Divergent had some sort of interesting stuff in it. I think when it comes down to it, I would rather watch a bad version of The Hunger Games than a bad version of like The Fault in Our Stars. Something that is ultimately why dystopias are idea driven. Even right. if the ideas yeah. are very dumb. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned that you're not that engaged by the super hunks in that movie or other movies. Mm. And uh, which reminds me of one of my clips that I have here, which is when I appeared on the Desert Bus for Hope marathon. So I came on to uh, talk about the podcast and keep Paul awake while he was driving. This was at 9 a.m. or something on one of the times, which was good for me because of the time difference. We chatted, and I gave Paul a quiz about the movies that we watched. So let's take a listen to this. Okay. You see it? I think... Okay, so your job is to um, match the... This is just this a is photo of you again. I don't see what the point is. <laughs> I know, I know. The resemblance is striking. This is uh, called Post-Apocalyptic Hunks. Oh, no. And the job is for you to match the the hunk to the movie, which you saw. You watched oh, no, all of that's, these movies for an hour. I, I couldn't tell the difference between no. the two guys and the host. <laughs> and they were in the same movie and talking to each other. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> when this is going to be your hardest challenge. I tell. Yeah, so you have to match the uh, young starlet male equivalent of starlet uh, to the post apocalyptic dystopia that they were from. Which you, by the way, watched them star in for an hour and a half. <laughs> in uh, the last year. Alright. I'm going to go with uh, Hunger Games. Eh. This is uh, City of Ember. Is that, that's somebody looked like in City of Ember. No, these are headshots. Okay, but these are just like current it, headshots, right? Current headshots, yeah, just to oh, make it more just, difficult. Oh, that's, that's even worse. <laughs> Who is that? Help me. I don't know. <laughs> Take a guess. Uh. Alright. I'm going to say Hunger Games on this one. Eh. No. <laughs> this is not the same man, by the way. <laughs> I just... You were OK, you get five seconds. I know. <laughs> five, four, three, two, Maze one. Maze Runner. Eh. Eh. Wait, no. Was that Maze Runner? No? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who these guys are. I that he's through the same yeah. These yeah. last three—you've looped through pictures, haven't you? Okay. The last three are all from the host. Oh. oh. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last, these, this one, and the previous two are all from the host. So I get all the points. <laughs> okay, ready, ready for the last one. All right. Okay. Post-apocalyptic <laughs> hunks. Ah, this would be from Noska. Excellent! Ding, ding, ding! Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So honky. You, <laughs> How do umu. I get off the screen? Chair? All right. So we've uh, fairly definitively proven that I can't tell the difference between 19-year-old, pretty white guys. So I don't know. Well, that explains a lot, Paul. <laughs> a lot of angry phone calls I fielded for you. Phone calls. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that so is, you did not do very well. No. And then, you know, they take their shirts off, and so you can't even be like, oh, there's the guy in the red shirt and the guy in the green shirt. It's like, no, they, they take shirts their and shirt- skins, at least they could do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're going to break down the structure of the podcast a little bit and talk about what goes into the making of it. Pull back the curtain. Mm. So. Theme music, you may have noticed that we have an awesome theme song, incredibly yes. awesome. And that is thanks to our composer, Bradley Raines, who is an acquaintance of Paul, has worked for Loading Ready Run for a while. Yeah, yeah, he does uh, almost all of the music, actually, that we use for various things. We use for, you know, the introductions to our various shows. Yeah, no, he's incredibly talented. And, like, what's most amazing, I'm gonna, I've got bits of some of the emails that I sent because he took my vague, non-musical person descriptions of what I wanted it to sound like. This is the first of many power trips that I made on this podcast, where I was like, here's what I want it to sound like, and he got exactly what I had in mind. The music underneath right now is actually the very first version, though, of the mm-hmm. podcast theme, never before heard. This in response to my first set of instructions, and here's what I said I want. Thirty seconds of synth pop music, eerie and futuristic in a retro way, but also high energy. In fact, exactly like the music from the Turbo Kid trailer. So oppression plus rebellion and kick-ass. And then I was like, I want, yeah, I want something synthwave, like a f- sinister futuristic propulsive part, and then blowing up into high energy, a kind of a drop, a la the Mega Man 2 theme. But I don't want quite chiptunes. More of a Moog slash synthesizer sound. Right, so we got this back, and I I heard it in the Gatwick airport. I was like, this is incredibly cool. But it's not quite right. I mm. do think it needs an adjustment. Right now it's a little moody and melancholy in an awesome way, but I want it to be more tense and desperate with a faster tempo at the beginning. And I want the drop to be a little more exciting. Uh... Anyway, I hope we get a couple of takes. I want us to be super pumped every time we hear our own theme song. So he went away, and then he came back with something totally different, which is actually the music that we use at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And even then, I still had more notes to change it back until he was like, okay, enough. We did not, <laughs> we did not discuss all of this. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is amazing. I'm uh, sorry for being annoying. It's one of those tricky things where, like, if you want to have that, like, moody buildup, but then it has to be only, you know, 30 seconds long, so a slow, moody build-up, but also quickly. <laughs> yeah, and he did it. He yeah, fucking nailed yeah. it, like, exactly what I had in my mind. So I was so pleased with what we did, especially once I layered on the audio clips. If you don't think that it's hard, imagine how you would take a piece of music and then make it more, quote, tense and desperate. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are now officially releasing those three pieces of music, which are about a minute and a half in total to the public domain. So you can use them for any purpose. You can uh, remix it. You can sell it. You can please don't sell it, but you can um, do whatever, whatever you want to do with it without asking us or even crediting us, although it'd be a dick move not to at least credit Bradley Rains. And, I mean, it's not explicit in the license or or anything, but I, we would really like to hear if you do use it because we're just curious. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but, like, my dream is that it will show up in, like, a movie trailer some someday. <laughs> <laughs> we have clean versions appended to the end of this episode of all three songs, and we're also going to put them on SoundCloud. And uh, the links will be uh, in the description for the video, for the podcast, I should say. Yeah. So something that we started doing after the beginning was guests. Mm. And we realized that it's super fun to bring in our friends to come in and be on the podcast, especially if they're passionate about young adult dystopias, which all of our guests are. Yeah. I mean, that's that's has been kind of a another cool thing about this show is realizing that a lot of our friends or people people we know are passionate about young adult dystopias. Mhm. So we had 13 guests. In 26 episodes Dylan, Ian, Cynthia Emily, Jim, Tally Cam, Dustin Caitlin, Abby, Cecile and Gabby and so we want to thank you guys for coming on even though there was a lot of technical hassle involved because usually often we were doing things where I was in Italy you're in Victoria, Paul mm-hmm. and our guest was in New York City you know, one case San Francisco yeah, like it's crazy, but it was totally worth it because some of my best friends are on this podcast and being themselves, contributing great stuff. And it was also good because we made them li- listen to at least one episode of the podcast. So right, that, so that, that doubled their listenership. Yeah. yeah, and we also made them rap. <laughs> Just before we get to the episode, we have them rap uh, "Intergalactic" with us just to get the energy up. And I've saved all those
2: recordings.
0: (laughs) So I'm about to play a montage that I've made of all of these guests as a tribute to them. So I do want to say that it's completely unfair because they did not know they were going to have to do this. They did not know it was going to be ever played. And they did not have any music to listen to. And some were not familiar with the song. (laughs) But I think those are pretty minor... Uh, inconveniences, really So please enjoy Intergalactic. Intergalactic Jazz and AWOL, that's our team, team. Steps to the party disrupt the whole steam. scene
3: When it comes to beats, well I'm a fiend <laughs> I like my sugar with coffee and cream. cream Got to keep it going, keep it going for steam. steam, too sweet
1: to be sour, Too nice to be steam. mean
0: On the tough guy style, I'm not too steam. keen To try to change the world, I
3: will plot and scheme Mario C <laughs> likes to keep it Clean <laughs> Gonna shine like a sunbeam. Keep on rapping, cause that's my dream. dream. Got an A from Modi for sticking to
2: themes. When
1: it comes to envy, y'all is green. Just the rhyme and the rhyme routine. routine. Another dimension, new galaxy. Intergalactic planetary.
0: From the family tree of old school hip-hop Kick off your shoes, relax your socks The rhymes are spread just like a pox Cause the music is live like a shock. Shot.
2: I am known to do the wop, Also known for the flintstone Shot. flop Tammy D getting biz on the crop Beastie Boys known to let the beat drop, drop.
1: When I wrote graffiti, my name was Slot. If my rap soup, my beats is Stock. Step from the tables as I start to chop. I'm a lumberjack DJ at Rock. Rock. If you try to knock me, you'll get mocked. Stir Fry you in my walk. Rock. Your knees will start shaking and your fingers Rock. pop like a pinch on the neck of Mr. Stock.
0: That was awesome. That was awesome. So I said that we surprised everybody, but that's not actually true. One person... We didn't surprise, so... Somebody had actually done their homework. Someone did their homework. So let's take a listen to Cecile and her entire verse of Intergalactic. So this is an American band yeah. from the 1990s, which is mostly based on yelling. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so there's no musical or rapping ability required. Sure. Uh, your job is just to yell. Okay. Uh so we'll each take a verse and you'll get an idea. I think we usually go me, guest and then Paul. Okay. Um and the way it works is that we all yell the last word of each line. Okay. Uh and we, the, we the rest so we of just the
1: line we just yell the last word of each line. That's that's yeah. what we do. <laughs>
0: Yep, it's a very high-level
2: American musical genre. Awesome. Folk folk form, really.
1: Because um, actually, you had spoiled that to me, and I was extremely afraid of it, so I spent the last 24 hours preparing for that.
2: Oh,
0: my (laughs) God, no. Oh, no. Yeah. She's going to be like the second coming of Adam Yauch. That's one of the Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is a first, I think. Which was fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you want to do you want to wrap the whole thing and we can just yell at the end?
1: Um. Well, this has only uh, gotten me I to the, make the level. You the where first... maybe one line is good on all of them. Jason an oval. That's okay. Step inside the party, disrupt the whole scene. <laughs> When it comes to beats, well I'm thin I like my sugar with coffee and cream, cream. Well I got to keep it going, keep it going fast. Too sweet to be soft, too nice to be neat On a tough guy style, I'm not too keen To try to change the world I will plot on steam cream. Mario C ah. likes to ah. keep it clean Gonna shine like a sunbeam cream. Keeping on rapping, cause that's my dream cream. Got a motif from sticking things. When it comes to envy old, scream Jealous of the rhyme and the ripe routine cream. Another dimension a new galaxy Intergalactic
0: Planetary, Planetary. 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 Intergalactic I think That was amazing <laughs> uh, Yeah, man Yeah, with the It's great with the accent She's great Swiss French <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the slow roll of uh, Just letting you explain the whole song to her Before she actually tells you That she knows what's going on That was like masterful it. Yeah I got punked Next, I want to talk about a segment that sometimes gets buried at the end of our podcast. And I think many people don't get there. I certainly will leave podcasts halfway through. But it's one of the coolest parts called How Would They Do? Mm -hmm. This actually, and this actually sort of changed very early on. Yeah. Because originally it was going to be how would we as Dan and Paul do... In the world that's presented in the, whatever were the book or the movie. Mm-hmm. As, you know, as we are for real. Uh, and we realize that as we are for real are big wimps. And mm-hmm. in the vast majority of situations that are presented, you know, if we're in like the Hunger Games, then what we would do in real life is... Do whatever we could to try to avoid being in the Hunger Games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, please. Which, while truthful, is not really entertaining to listen to us say the same thing over and over again. And frankly, shameful. We don't need to be shamed in front of an international <laughs> audience. Uh, and the other aspect of it for Hunger Games or whatever, you know, it's like, so who, you know, how, what would you do if you were selected for the Hunger Games? Then you go, oh, wait. I'm 32. <laughs> I would not be selected for longer games. We'd be the, like a uh, young, ambitious oligarch, right? The one who's like coming up. Mm. The Seneca Crane. Or possibly the hunky teenage love interest in a few of the movies. Right. Who's in their early 30s. <laughs> Especially Divergent. Yep. I literally is 30 in the first movie. Thinning hair. Yeah. Right, so we reconfigured it so that you say, I am, and then something that you are in that world. So mm-hmm. you, you can use your imagination to be anything you want, which I think is what's so cool about it. Any character or type of job that exists in that world. So let's listen to this. I am a other sleeper agent. I am a baboon trainer. My character is a human, Welder. I am a warship constructor. I am a factionless, but just barely a factionless. I am uh, one of the teachers. I am a hydraulic engineer. I am a dog trainer. I am the keeper of the box.
3: I think I would just be one of the Amity people.
0: I am an actor. So I'm thinking that I'm like one of the one of these commandos that's coming into the maze. I am a merchant of Airhaven. I am a game maker from the capital.
2: So I am Tigris.
0: I am a member of Zeus's entourage. I am a watcher on the wall. Maybe I'd be one of those people who actually brought back the age of printed word. So I'm a robot programmer in the sense that I'm a robot and I'm a programmer who programs robots. I am somebody who designs the amusements for the young pretties. I am a digger. I am in a teenage punk band. I am a Friendship Robot So yeah, because they appear at the end of the episode And they sometimes get lost probably I wanted to highlight some of our favorites that have happened So this is from Insurgent Which is in the Divergent series Where there's a whole bunch of different factions All battling it out in post-apocalyptic Chicago And Amity is the farming one so And Caitlin's a fan of the books, too, so she's thought about this quite a bit. Nice.
3: Well, I, I think I would just be one of the Amity people, okay? Mm. So I'm uh-huh. just, you know, tilling my earth, and, you know, the Dauntless come with their big cars and, like, here a mile away, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's irritating and not very peaceful. So I just kind of take off because I'm like, uh, you're wrecking my peace here. <laughs> I'm just going to mosey on down the line well, to the uh, climb a tree, and I'm just going to, you know, go to the orchard and hang out till it all blows over (laughs) right And i'm just watching from a treetop what the hell till till they go and i'm like what's all this about this is just really not amity this is not how we roll what's this all about and then i kind of find out what's going on and it just sounds ridiculous and and quite hostile and Mm -hmm. not very nice so i decide to go camping for a week (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go just take off on my own.
0: Lots of vacation time in Amity.
3: Yeah. I just go have a little soulful, introspective journey for a week and just hopefully all this stuff that's happening with the people in the city, mm. you know, the city people will get over themselves. A, and lot, a just lot of get. rushing around for yeah. no particular reason. Yeah. Like they just need to calm down and I just can't handle it. So I'm going to go on a little re- personal retreat. So, you know, care. I, yeah, I gather some fruit and food and happy bread and a jug of water, and I go off a little bit, you know, down the way um, from the Amity, which is, in my world, beyond the fence, where the farms are, hey. and I just kind of set up camp when it's dark, and then keep moving and keep moving, and I stumble upon other people, Ooh. and I'm shocked, because we're supposed to be the only people in the world, so I bust the myth, but there's no one there to share it with, so...
0: So you just kind of look up in the sky and go, huh, life is funny.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I'm happy about it. You, you sort of realize
0: <laughs> you sort of inadvertently gone farther away from the city than anybody else has. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm
3: just on a happy trip, and I'm just looking, I like this. looking for anything, like followed the butterfly, followed a bird, and then I just stumbled upon more people, and I just don't know what to think because I'm not that smart. I'm just happy. I, I like and... the idea
0: that, you know, there's this big revelation that happens and like they're everyone's streaming out of the city. And as they're streaming out of the city, they go like past Amity and they're like, guys, you've got to see this. We just unlocked this whole big deal. And Amity's There's like, a world out there. There's yeah. and people. Amity, Amity's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're they're like, what? It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got good zucchini over that way. They're, to the they're east. there, yeah. And they're like, what? You never told us? <laughs> Like nope. yeah, yeah, it didn't seem that important. No, nope. yeah. <laughs> Dude, you guys didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, I I dig. Uh, I mean, one of the cool things that uh, comes out of the how would they do is is this sort of idea of you could almost imagine the and like alternate version of uh, in of insurgent or the the divergent series with Caitlin's character uh, instead of trip and being a quite a different story <laughs> yeah right a lot less rushing around i love how caitlin kind of totally internalized the amity style yeah yeah but the most non-typical one was one that we did for the movie battle royale which is about a group of japanese teenagers who are in the woods and forced to fight each other with exploding collars and they have all kinds of heavy-duty weaponry as well. Machine guns and pistols and things, but they're still wearing their school uniforms. They're on this island running around. So for this one, rather than imagining ourselves as one of the killers or one of the victims, both of which are hard to talk about, I gave Paul a little twist here. You didn't see this one coming, eh, Paul? Uh, I did not, no. So should I open this up now? Yeah, open it up. Okay, so Paul... For how would they do this time, I have sent you a file. Oh, hey. It is your yearbook from when you were 15. I want you to look at the faces of your classmates. This is who you would be on an island with if there was some kind of battle royale legislation, God forbid, that was enacted in Canada in 1999. Which ones would be the killers? (laughs) Which ones could you take? Page 47? All right. Okay, so pick a face. Tell me how you think you would confront them. So, who do I okay, take out? Okay, I'm looking at your adorable picture here. Who do I take out first? Is what you're saying? What about uh, Mark Shorty? Uh, Mark Short? Yeah, I sort of remember him. He was, uh, I think he he was a pretty tall guy, ironically named. I think he was on the rugby team. Okay, so you won't use physical force, right? Like it seems like the the sort of you know cliques that exist would kind of at least at the beginning would kind of stick together in some okay. ways. So were you part of a clique? Yeah, yeah. We always used to like hang out at the computer lab and. That okay, kind so of who stuff. who are the computer lab friends? First and last names. <laughs> Uh, Nick, Nicholas Weigner, here. Uh-huh. Uh, who I'm still kind of friends with. The other Paul, Thomas McCartan, Murray McCullough. I mean, these okay. are all just people who are my friends. But So Paul, Nicholas, Thomas, mm-hmm. and you. You're defending while you work on tech stuff. And who's attacking you? Would it be the jocks? I mean, I feel like we would be fairly low down on the priority list for the jocks. Like, maybe they would come at us, you know, once they had dealt with more high-priority targets. St. Michael's has, like, the borders, right? Like, there's the kids from overseas that actually lived on campus. Right, so they'd be tight. So they'd be real tight, and they would be quite a force to be reckoned with. Okay, so the borders versus the non-borders. Yeah. That would be the first line of division. Unfortunately, that ends up being kind of racial profiling, because... Yeah, they're mostly Chinese, right? Most of them are... Uh yeah, Chinese or Japanese. Uh huh. Conveniently looking like the kids from the b- movie, <laughs> including the u- uniforms. <laughs> yeah, that's really it's really tough because it's. Was a while ago. Was a guy who I really didn't like. Okay. We, we got off on the wrong foot somehow, and. Uh, he always picked on me, so. So would would he kill you, or would you kill him? Do you think? I think it would be a tough one. Like I think, I think, uh, he was a pretty big guy, but I uh I think I would surprise him with my ferocity. Ah, I've seen that in that video of the social anxiety fear factor. It's <laughs> frightening. Uh, I remember one time, uh, I was we we were playing soccer and I was on defense, and one of the you know very skilled soccer players sort of jock guys uh was coming down the side and you know on a complete breakaway and it was just like i was the only one protecting the goal for lack of anything better to do i just kind of uh uh you know gritted my teeth and went sort of and he started laughing so hard that he missed kicking the ball (laughs) and was able to get it away so we have a survival strategy for you paul yes Surprise is the key factor. To humor. Yeah. And humor is your key to survival, Paul. Yeah. Because while they're laughing, they are are disabled. You have to be like tripping over your rifle strap. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) And then bang. And then you expect it. Exactly. Bullet in the head is what your humor gets. I appear to be uh, extremely non threatening until the very last moment. You die laughing Yes Yeah, well, I hope we've struck a good balance In the final edit Of anonymity and such I thought it was fun Yeah, there is a lot of editing That goes into this podcast Strange as it may seem <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the good stuff is that's, that's what you're hearing Yeah, that's what's left Often I will cut out 50% of a podcast To get to the final episode but sometimes there's little funny bits or bloopers, and so I put a few of them together into a reel of either uh, things that happened before the podcast, after the podcast, during, and had to be cut out. So never before heard. Ooh. One, two, three, four, five. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. That last one doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Better. For some reason the last that last one I opened my hands when you said five. <laughs> Which I so realized doesn't make any words. noise. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how to clap, okay? You clapped backwards. <laughs> uh. Oh, oh, dear. uh remnants of the previous world. It certainly looks better than Amtrak in my experience of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. don't, don't hate on Amtrak. The vice president of my country is a big fan. Ah, Lieberman. No. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Biden. <laughs> They're both Joe, okay? <laughs> okay. Then everybody hates Trinitalia. But I like riding the trains all the time here in Italy. It's pretty great. Uh, Yeah, so that's that, I guess. (laughs) All right, all this will be cut out. Where I I made a mistake will be cut out. So in sync. So in sync. Why can't I think of an in sync song? In sync's back. All right. Blackouts are occurring with increasing frequency and last longer with each time. There, There is... Whoa! What was that? Was that you? No. Nope. Whoa. Now... What happened? What something happened? Something weird happened. And now... I'm way out of sync. Oh, dude... You're way now out of I'm sync? speech jamming myself. What the <laughs> hell happened? Uh, I'm just going to have to pause my recording. You're doing great. Boy, I don't like that. What happened? So I, I just like a <laughs> noise. And now like I'm hearing myself repeated through my headphones. Oh, it's back to normal now. Oh, that's good. Well, i just have this weird noise in one of my ear earphones and then like i i have it monitoring myself right like i have the monitor turned on but the monitor started getting started being really like delayed by like a second or half a second and that's the worst thing ever it's what's called speech jamming or and it makes it basically <laughs> impossible to talk normally so sorry about that Chicken in your fingers, pop. You there? Yes. Sorry. Like a pinch on the neck from Mr. Spock. Spock! If you want to battle me, you'll get mocked. Uh. Body sock flock. You'll be talked to. I can freestyle. That's pretty good. Yeah! Jumping from. You, you are a bad man, and therefore you'll get a chop. Nice. <laughs> that's that's just to uh, so we can sync up our because what I, we record it locally here, and then he records his, and then I send it to him, and he syncs it up. So uh, it's like the little clapper paddle when you're doing things, except less complicated.
3: Okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I adjusted a little bit anyway to make it sound like Paul's taking long, dumb pauses.
3: <laughs> oh, I see some brotherly love happening.
0: Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, the editor has the final the final say, <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. so much power. You can record. You can just add in extra stupid lines from previous episodes if you want. Sometimes, if he makes a joke, I just put in cricket sounds.
3: Oh wow! Yeah. Especially, especially harsh.
0: That's a power. As in contrast to like the host aliens, uh-huh. they seem believable in that they, they want to live an easy life sure, and, and to uh, get their kicks by hunting humans. Uh-huh. Like that's, that seems to be their goal. I think we can all identify with that, really. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Paul? Yes? You mean you identify with wanting to hunt humans? Uh, no, 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 of course. I meant the other one. The other, thing, you're living an easy life. Part, <laughs> tally ho. <laughs> anyway, most we'll... dangerous game of the, the mall. I'm oh, Sorry, man, that's a better answer. Parchisi isn't that dangerous at all, really. Yeah, depends on what happens when you lose, I guess. Yeah, parchisi roulette. Parchisi <laughs> to the death. <laughs> 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 Where humans are the playing pieces. I <laughs> don't <Yeah. laughs> even know how that would work. <laughs> so it's not all gold. But most of it is. Most of it is. Surprisingly yeah. large percentage of gold. Yeah, yeah. And it's a goofing around podcast. It's a joking around podcast, is kind of how I imagined it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But once in a while, we have had to deal with something serious. On the podcast, specifically, all of a boy and his dog is something serious <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. But yeah, we had some discussions about how to actually deal with it. And as you'll hear in this next clip. Right. So we took two approaches. First of all, we recorded the story part twice. The first time was uh, somehow we didn't quite hit the right note. It was like a little too jokey considering the subject matter, which you'll hear about. And so we went back and recorded it as straight-faced as possible, and then we created a new segment called What the Fuck, which is where we talked about all of the the what-the-fuck aspects of this movie, which there are plenty of. So we tried to kind of segregate it out. We had to do that just as like a release valve. Otherwise, those things would keep creeping into other segments. (laughs) Yeah, it would take over the whole podcast. It still kind of did, but... uh, Yeah, so what you're going to hear is, first of all, us after the first attempt, kind of regrouping, uh, the first attempt at the plot summary, and then you're going to hear bits of the the what-the-fuck segment, the beginning and the end of the the what-the-fuck segment. Okay. That was not very deadpan. No, damn it. I just, uh, I was like, what do we, how to do this? I don't know, should we do it again? I almost kind of want to. Um, like, it was fine. Like, it'll work. Like, I, I can't... Like, I, I don't know what the... What the... what the, uh, the balance is between... Saying the stuff that happened... And saying how ridiculous it is. It's like reporting without commenting. Yeah. On things. Like, your reactions were perfectly natural, but I just have this plan in my head. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to, it's just trying to describe what's going on, but the act of describing it reveals how insane it is. So... Right, either, so it speaks for itself. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> What the very much fuck. So, this is a new segment uh, that we. Special to this particular doing, movie. just for this movie. Uh, you have no idea how difficult uh, it was to do that plot summary without just stopping to say, what the fuck, every, like, 10 seconds. That was our second take that you probably heard there. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, bec- oh, dear God, this movie. Um, right. Maybe you can start by. By reminding us of the last line of the movie. Right. Which is how he... It's made perfectly ambiguous that he's fed Quilla June Holmes to the... Embrace herself. This is an infamous line for good reason. Yeah. So the final line of the movie is... Blood, uh, telepathically talking to Vic, goes... Well, I'd say she had marvelous judgment, Albert. She calls Vic. If not particularly good taste and he'd kind of walk uh, off into the sunset. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. So What the fuck? What's interesting, actually, though, um, is that that line is different from the short story that this is based on by Harlan Ellison, and Harlan Ellison actually really objected to that last line. Uh, but, but I mean, I've heard that. Like, I read that, too. But it's like, it doesn't really change the ending. No, It's the no, same no, ending in both. The, no, the, the it's ending, the, pun the pun that the he objects to. Change. Yeah. He was bothered by the pun. The ending of the novel, of, of, the, of the short story, is Vic sort of doing voiceover. Quilla goes, you know, do you know what love is? Because she, she's sort of trying, I guess he's trying to like manipulate him because she loves him. I love you, you know what love is? And then he says, do you know what love is? Sure I know, a boy loves his dog. Yeah, so it's a little more complicated, I guess, than just the ha-ha, we just ate the woman.
2: But it's it's still still
0: that that happened. Bitches, man. (laughs) Bitches. Yes. Uh, I I saw when it was like the message of the film is bros before hoes or mutts before sluts. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so, yeah, I mean, the entirety of the movie. And all of Vic's motivations throughout the vast majority of the movie is that he wants to find uh, a woman to rape. Yeah, that's like the whole first twenty minutes is him constantly saying, Hey, find me a woman. Find me a woman. As as all the stories to be faithfully adapted. Yeah, yeah. I mean think about how you would remake it now, and you could do it like you know how they updated the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland? Where instead of just chasing after the women, the women were now carrying plates of food. So the men were chasing after the food. So it's all okay now. Yeah. That's how I'd remake this film. <laughs> <laughs> the just the, the women woman are the people has sausages who have, draped around her. She has all the canned <laughs> food. Yeah, in her pants. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the theme of it is that the above world is actually kind of better in in some ways than than the horrible civilization that this evil woman is trying to lure him into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what is intended. I mean, that doesn't, like, I mean, as a watcher now, that certainly isn't what, uh you know, what, like, like, Vic actually says at one point, you know, it's like, the dirtiness up there makes me feel cleaner than clean down here or something like that. He's got some stupid line about how he felt cleaner up there in the dirt than down here, uh you know, because everybody's all lying or whatever in yeah. in the vault. Vic is really stupid and a terrible, terrible person. And there's no reason to think that he is actually somebody who you should be rooting for at all. Yeah, like what makes him the hero? In my mind, he grows up to be Immortan Joe. Yeah, yeah. Or Lord Humongous, possibly, too. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, have we got it out of our system? Is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh. I'm sure more stuff will come up. A boy and his dog can go walking.
2: A boy and his dog
0: sometimes talk to each other. A boy. In... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. It's also our only controversial episode, which may have in fact driven hits. Fortunately, we didn't go down that road. And just try to be controversial in every episode. Yeah. But Katniss gets put into the Hunger Games, and you won't believe what happens next. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why Katniss deserved to lose the Hunger Games? Uh, (laughs) Whoa, whoa! I gotta, I gotta click on this. Gotta click on this. I'm so baited. But yeah, we actually got angry comments about this. This guy. He says he really disliked the political discussion that's entangled in the video. It's quite frankly uneducated and improperly researched. More specifically, a lack of research. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a fair cop. I mean, we didn't really do any research for it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. We didn't need to do research, really, to see that that was horrible. The only reason I bring this up is because it stops me from enjoying your content and genuinely wanted to provide you some proper feedback. Anyway, nice splash art, winky face. I'll try the podcast again at some later point, but for now, I'll stick to the main content. All right. Well, so he's he flouncing. Liked, he liked the splash page, so that's good. Later comment: the podcast truly from loses the Same me, guy. Same guy. The podcast truly loses me about forty minutes in when it goes full tinfoil and treats the concept of modern Western societal patriarchy as legitimate which is absurd when things like this exist. Then follows 10 links, including Wikipedia link to the Violence Against Women Act and a Quora.com question, is it possible for a woman to rape a man? So he's disproven patriarchy. Right. So yeah, sometimes we have to get creative about segments. And another unappreciated part of the podcast, I think, underappreciated, is the clip that we put at the end. That's a clip from the movie usually. But this is tricky when it comes to books. We have to think of something creative sometimes. So this is what we did for Uglies, which is a book about a world where people get obligatory plastic surgery on their 16th birthday to become a pretty, quote-unquote pretty. So they live in pretty town, and they they just party all the time, and their brains are all bubbly, which it turns out is a side effect of the operation that they've given little localized lobotomy. Uh, So I took a different approach to this of finding like pretty music. So you've never heard this song before? No. This is the song that I think is the most pretty song that I've ever heard as far as the pretties of this book you can imagine them maybe singing this like on repeat during their parties yeah
2: hands up if you're down you get down tonight cause it's always a good
0: I don't know, like I, I like a lot of dumb pop music, something about this is sinister though, to me. <laughs> like it just screams dystopia in a way. Yeah, it is definitely something that you can imagine, the drones in gray suits, walking in lines, and then this playing on like a giant monitor in the background.
2: Like, do you want
0: it to always be a good time? Like, philosophically? Mm. If there's no risk of it being a not-so-good time, does it even matter? Like, and if you don't have to try? Okay, that's enough of that. Stop it right there. Okay, so that counts as commentary, so we can use it legally, right, Paul? Uh, I don't know. By the way, we get a lot of questions about, well, comments, really, that our voices sound really similar because we're brothers. Which uh, is a massive and, insult to both yeah. of us for different reasons. Yeah, I'd say my voice has a kind of a, like a resonant, more kind of like a Barry White type of <laughs> tone to it. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like Barry White, who's been kneed in the groin. Sort of resonant, but also <laughs> high pitched and weedy. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, like this is gonna sound like an insult, but it's not an insult, okay? It's <laughs> like I mean this in the best possible way. Your voice has a sort of Pee Wee Herman esque quality mm. that I think distinguishes it. I mean, it's subtle, but if you listen for it, again, I don't mean that to sound like an insult. The very first comment on the very first episode, uh. Is a comment by uh, uh, Grickles, somebody named Grickles, and the comment uh-huh. is: Before Dan and Paul mentioned they were brothers, I thought, I thought that "quote unquote" Dan was just Paul putting his voice through a filter. <laughs> <laughs> a very white filter, clearly. Clearly. So the trick to tell our voices apart, by the way, is that Dan, me, is always on the right channel, and Paul. Is always on the left channel. So if you're listening on headphones, that's a little secret insider tip. Okay, I'm almost out of clips, but I put in one more because I'm doing all the editing. So this is uh, the sickest burn that I ever achieved on the podcast of Paul. Burn of me? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I have the fire extinguisher standing by. Put on your asbestos underpants. Okay. Luckily I was already wearing them, anticipating such a burn. I was wondering what that wrestling sound was. Okay, let's go. So scratchy. I read the short story first, and then I read the novel later. All when I'm in my early teens, which is about the exact right time to hit it. It's kind of like the last starfighter for smart kids. Hey, I like the last starfighter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wow. Hashtag wrecked. Uh, uh, Well played, sir Well played Also the day when I learned the word wrecked You hadn't heard the word wrecked before? In that context? I'm not a desirable to market to millennial like you The question is, how would you spell the word wrecked? Well, that's what took me a long time (laughs) That's why it took me half an hour to find out what that word actually meant yeah, so I, I made fun of our comments, but actually we get a lot of lovely comments on different episodes. As on the loading ready run forums and on YouTube. Yeah. You know, you can look at numbers, the numbers of downloads, you know, it's been downloaded, whatever. Yeah, which is uh, about a high water mark is about six thousand per yeah. episode. But there's something different about the the like seeing a number going up as opposed to, you know, seeing actual, you know, comments that it's like, yes, those are real people. Yeah, like even the um, boy and his dog mansplainers were engaged, had listened more than halfway through. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I, we really sucked in those. Especially um, when we uh, when we announced that we were uh, ending this series. There's lots of very, you know, all you have to do is say you're going to leave and everybody says all sorts of nice things about you. It's nice. Yeah, it was I mean, we should, really touching. I was like, we sh- maybe I we should, should stop, stop more often. <laughs> we should have lots of big comeback tours Like Jay-Z mm-hmm. No, he's, Does anybody even remember that he retired? So yeah, some, some really nice comments Along those lines Like Clefius wrote This is terrible news This podcast has been my go-to for long nights Where my children get up late in the night And I need something to listen to While rocking them back to sleep
2: mm.
0: It's been a great series, though, and I can certainly understand not wanting to have to watch Allegiant, so that's at least comprehensible. (laughs) Janelmo wrote, I have also enjoyed the podcast and are sad to see it go. I myself used it when I needed to relax and de-stress from studying. Someone said, uh, I too will miss fight the future in my daily routine. It's been one of my favorites to listen to at work while also drowning out the pneumatic machine I stand in front of for eight hours a day. And that was by Poop in the Air Tonight. Loading Ready Run Commenter Poop in the Air Tonight. Uh, And this was the one that really got me. By DaMage. Never underestimate how your content can reach people. I've just been through the worst year of my life due to health problems. I'm only 23. And your podcast every fortnight was a real highlight. I spent about two months not being able to stand up. So being able to lie back and listening to the podcast was one of my boredom savers. You also got me to watch some movies that I never would have bothered with or even known about. Yeah, Here's four people that had definitely made a difference in their life. So I want to say, you know, if you're thinking of making something, it's a really great way to spend your free time. I mean, Paul can definitely testify to this. Mm -hmm. How long has Loading Ready Run been on the air? About 13 years now. So you've been entertaining people for that whole time. This year is my first attempt. Some part of that time, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Maybe a total of 45 minutes of that time. Yeah. But anyway, it's my first foray into this, into using your time to make things to try and entertain people. And it's really, really satisfying, even though it takes way more effort and time than you could have ever imagined it would. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it is a pain in the butt, but we... Out of the 26 episodes, every single one was on time, except for one that was one day off, every two weeks. That's what we set out to do, Mm -hmm. because I knew that to be useful in people's lives, it has to be consistent. Yeah. So, all of our commentators, let's thank them. All right. Seven seconds left. Admiral Matt, Admiral Memo, Barcode Reader, B.O. Wolf, Bergie. Bernard, Biscuits, Booster, Clypheus, damage, Demi Teddy Bear, Dubious Wolf, Eric the Orange, Falcon, Bayili, Greg Sanders, Grickles, Hakofo, Janelmo, Juliamon, Chaotic 4266, Kimiyori Baka, Crit, Cards. <laughs> Lord Crusher, Lysander, Mara the Mara, Mark C7, Master Gunner, Mono Snorse, Mutant Pie, Oli, C. Lee, 180, Flip, Planes, Thief, Red Nightmare, Richards, Rootbreaker, uh, Short Round 2099, Silver Swift, Six Foot Turkey, Soso Sundre, so The Martini, The Geek, Trisha Lynn, Uber Fail, Winter Panda, Zaldara, Zazreed, and Zyme. So thank you everybody. Yeah, thanks for being engaged. Yeah. The one that made me laugh was Six Foot Turkey. Every time, like, I just pictured a six-foot turkey commenting. Yeah, typing on a keyboard. I guess we want to give special thanks to Trisha Lynn Mm -hmm. of that list. Yeah, she she thought the uh, podcast was worthy of being nominated for a Hugo Award, which seems crazy on the face of it, but I... uh, Hey, Paul, come on. uh, I think we're up there with Ben Bova and... Isaac Asimov? Sure, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Other content creators like that? Louise McMaster-Bujold? The idea that she uh, considered considered the podcast to be uh, worthwhile for that is hugely gratifying. Yeah, so check out her website, geekingoutabout.com. And you can see uh, Road to the Hugo Awards, Fight the Future for Best Fan Cast... Mm-hmm. I, that made us feel very good, even though we're stopping.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Still eligible. Yes. Vote for us. Should we start yeah. campaigning now? Find a Hugo person and send lots of emails to them and tear down the signs of the other fan casts that you see out there. Yeah. Attack. Attack. Yeah, we're, we're going to go negative right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is really almost the end now. So, thank you, Paul. Um, I sent you an email about a year and a half ago saying, do you want to build a podcast? I was probably influenced by Frozen. That seems likely. The idea of doing a podcast, um, you know, uh, with Dan and I doing a podcast is very, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to do, and it's sort of a, I mean, if nothing else, it's an excuse to talk about stuff every couple of weeks. It's something that we definitely want to continue doing or do more of. Yeah, so look for something bigger and better. So the last bit I want to talk about is the thing that appears at the very end of every episode, mm. which is my friend Chiara, Kiara, more properly, who does all of the intertitle segments, the part mm-hmm. where it says, Fight the Future with Dan and Paul right. at the beginning. And the story. The story. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, plausibility. And we originally originally got uh, Kiara to do that. Um, Partially, obviously, we wanted a different voice than just our voice doing it. And uh, we thought she had a a great kind of dystopian announcement style voice. Yeah. So, and that's what we're going for. Like the the loudspeaker on the pole. Mm Mm-hmm. But that means it was... Plus the accent, it was not always understandable. Or people who don't know Italian. Uh, some people have mentioned that it sounds like a dirty word in the title sometimes. Have you, have you heard this? No. Welcome for, to... Instead of fight the future? Yeah. And now I can't unhear it. Ah. But oh well. One of our commenters was comment confused about what is said after the end of the ending credits. Saying... uh uh, not knowing Italian, I've been frequently wondering what chicken ya meant, and I never remembered to ask. So the explanation for that, Chiara herself can provide.
1: Hi guys, so we have arrived at the last episode, and uh, I want to say goodbye to all of you, and to reveal the meaning of the sentence, ci vediamo. It means uh, see you soon, and uh, I hope to see you very soon in the future. Bye.
0: Here's a little bit of the session when we recorded all of the titles together, because it was quite fun.
2: Plot. Mm
0: -hmm. Trying even longer. Plot. Mm -hmm. Plot. Yeah, that's good.
1: Plot. (laughs) even longer. Plot. Uh Plot.
0: Plot. Plot. Try one a little, like, deeper. Plot. Plot. That's good. One more. Plot.
1: Plot.
0: Okay,
1: great. (laughs) Scariness.
0: Good. Or
1: scariness?
0: Yeah. Scariness. (laughs) Try project a little bit. Scariness. Scariness. (laughs) Or you could say a spooky version like scariness. Scariness. Scariness.
1: Scariness.
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) With sugar. Scariness. Scariness. (laughs) Scariness. 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 Scariness.
0: Scariness.
1: Scariness. Scariness. Great. Goodbye. See you later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or what would you say in Italian? Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. (laughs) Ci vediamo. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, believe it or not, that's always been a fantasy of mine, is to be a voice actor director. So, you deep in your heart of hearts, you just want to berate voice actors. That's your... Yeah, I just want to yell at Bobcat Goldthwait. but I use your normal voice. That voice is weird. (laughs) Come on, Bobcat. If that is your real name. I don't think it is. So these are the last few seconds which you're choosing to use to riff about Bobcat Goldthwait. But it sincerely has been super-duper fun. Go back into the archives. You've got 25 other episodes to listen to. You probably don't want to listen to this episode first, uh, because no. that will be kind of silly. Hmm. So for the last time, let's say it together. May the odds, May the odds ever... Always wait. Fuck. Nope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's good start. A genuine screw up. That was a genuine screw-up. That
2: was a genuine screw-up. May the odds, odds ever, ever be in your in favor.
0: favor. All right. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.
2: amo. <laughs> Perfecto.